We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thursday edition of the Rotowire NBA podcast. Nick Whalen here with Alex Perutha. It is Thursday, October 27th. Uh, Going to do a quick episode on this Thursday. We're doing three episodes a week in season. We'll have the longer uh, three-man pod on Fridays. Alex, Ken, and Shannon. Uh, you know, Alex and I will we'll do some deeper dives earlier in the week. Uh, I know you're going to have Andrew Laird on, uh, ex-Rotowire employee, um, but current uh, So Rare employee, I believe, right? So we're going to be talking some So Rare NBA next week. Yeah, he works for So Rare Data. Um, they do a lot of good stuff um, analyzing the market of So Rare cards. And I've been really enjoying the, the So Rare NBA game so far. I encourage everyone to kind of check it out. But um, yeah, we'll be talking about that on Tuesday. Yeah, if you're interested in, in So Rare, if you're interested in the NBA, if you happen to be interested in both of those, uh, that is going to be the pod for you. Laird is uh, kind of at the top of the field uh, with that kind of stuff. Uh, essentially, as, as far as I understand, like got poached away from Rotowire. Uh, given how well he was doing, uh, breaking down so rare, uh, you know, more of a soccer guy himself, but uh, he has that covered. So very much looking forward to hearing that next week. Uh, but like I said, we'll, we'll kind of keep these these later in the week updates uh, a little bit shorter, uh, you know, not too short, but just try to cover all the daily news and and, and what's going on around fantasy basketball. Uh, so last night, Alex, I was uh, I was playing my new PS5. I told you about. Okay. I'm, I'm back in the video game world. This is the first console that I've purchased like within. Uh, a relatively normal amount of time since PS2. So I'm a little bit behind, uh, but getting just absolutely dominated uh, at some whatever like uh, Warzone uh, game that, that like oh, comes yeah. with it. Don't want to dive too deep into that. It's been pretty disastrous. But on the other TV, I'm watching uh, the, the Blazers game last night, Blazers Heat, and I see Damian Lillard exit that game. Uh, I, I was initially kind of panicking because uh, as the pessimist that I am and someone who's relying very heavily on Damian Lillard uh, in stake league, I thought he might have torn his Achilles, to be honest. It reminded me of the Brandon Jennings play. Uh, I think he was with Detroit at the time where he didn't step on anybody's foot. He didn't roll his ankle. 
Uh, as I remember it, he was just like backpedaling and all of a sudden, you know, he came up limping and, and was it to the locker room. And, and that was that. Thankfully, that is not the case for Damian Lillard, uh, but it was a weird injury. He's been diagnosed with a strained calf. Um, and that just doubled down on my fear because that's what they always call it before they uh, officially diagnose it. But, you know, he didn't step on anybody's foot. He, he didn't roll the ankle. Uh, it was just kind of a, a weird fluky play where he, he went up, shot a three, landed, and then immediately started favoring that right leg. So uh, initial sigh of relief for me that this is not more severe, but, you know, a calf strain, especially for a player coming off of a long injury absence, this could still end up being a multi-week injury and, and we'll see how long he ends up remaining out. Yeah, I mean, he's expected to be out Friday. That's like the latest update that we have, yeah. but that's also pretty vague and doesn't really give us a, a full... I would be shocked you know, if he plays in that game. Right. And, um, yeah, so I, they're probably just going to lean more on Anthony Simons. You know, I think Gary Payton's still going to be out. Um, we'll probably see some, like, Jeremy Grant ISO basketball. Uh, Shagan Sharp is an uh, interesting opportunity for him. Yeah, it's just tough because you might be in a situation where if you're rostering Lillard, I don't know if you're going to be able to start him next week. We'll, we'll get more information by Monday weekly lineup lock, but maybe not enough information where you can start him with confidence. Yeah, that's my fear. Um, you know, in the leagues where I do have Lillard, I'm probably bracing to not start him and that that'll just kind of be how it is. Uh, they have a back-to-back next week, uh, Friday and Saturday. They play uh, at Phoenix two nights in a row. Uh, they also play Wednesday against Memphis. So, uh, you know, in terms of the schedule, it, it might work out okay because they, they play this Friday at Houston. Then they're off Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So he, he does have a decent runway here if this turns out to be, you know, more of just like kind of a minor tweak as opposed to a full-on strain that, that could be multiple weeks. Um, it comes at an okay time in the schedule. And, you know, he did play enough last night that he didn't take a zero. Still had over 20 points in that game. But as soon as he exited, uh, the energy just completely flipped and, and Miami was able to run away with that game. But uh, three-game week, for the Blazers in week three. So uh, obviously you're going to start Lillard no matter what, but uh, you know, at least he's not potentially missing a four gamer, but you said it. I mean, Anthony Simons has looked great so far, had that big game two days ago or two games ago, I should say uh, 29 points against the, the Denver Nuggets and a bunch of threes in that game. Um, to me, he, like, I, I don't think he's as good as, as like peak CJ McCollum as an all around player, but in terms of the microwave scoring, like he, he has the potential to be, I, I think a better pure scorer Dan McCollum. I don't think he's going to do the other things quite as well, but I've been impressed with him so far. Yeah, Simons, his his great shooting ability combined with his ridiculous athleticism, you know, that puts him in a great position, like you said, to have really high scoring upside, plenty of 30-point games um, in situations, like potential for 30-point games in situations where Lillard is out. Like his, his full season uh, projection isn't great because he's only averaging two and a half assists a game right now. And you know, Lillard's handling the ball so much. Even Josh Hart passes a lot uh, in that offense. Nurkic handles the ball and passes. So when Lillard's in, Simons is like, he's, I mean, he's outside of the top 100 right now, but you should still roster him in a 12-team league and then in those yeah. games where someone someone in the backcourt is out, Simons will just pop off mm -hmm. and pr will probably return like top 50 value in those games. He's one of those guys that you just have to know what you're getting yourself into. Um, you know, I, I think... This early in the season, when most teams have only played three, four, five games, you know, if, if you just look at averages for the year, it's not really a good representation. But I actually think that the stat line that he's putting up might be pretty representative of what you can expect going forward. You know, almost 19 points a game, about two and a half rebounds, two and a half assists, one steal, 
three three-pointers per game, and then a pretty low field goal percentage, 41%. That, that to me, is what's really driving down his overall value because he's a very good free-throw shooter. He was 88% right. last year. He's at 88% this year, but he only takes two per game. Uh, I, I don't think it's realistic for, for him to, to ever be a high-assist guy. Even last year without Lillard, he wasn't really handing out a ton of assists. Uh, the big thing for him will be, can he still hover around one steal? Because last year, he played 30 minutes a game and finished at 0.5 steals per game. Uh, so if he could be a one steal player, I love it. Um, if not, it, like, is he really, is he just kind of like a, a slightly more souped up version of Jordan Clarkson? Maybe. I mean, I, I was drafting around like the 90 range this season. And I think your mentioning of his field goal percentage is important because he's taking 17 shots a game and averaging 19 points. That should increase, right? He should be closer to like 21, 22 points a game if he uh, fixes that field goal percentage. So yeah, there's there's definitely upside for him to be, you know, again, it's it's you're he's going to get the most benefit when Lillard's out, but he's still going to be a useful 12, 10 team league fantasy player when even when Lillard's in. Uh, we got some news on Darius Garland, who will miss at least one more game, uh, dealing with that eye injury. Uh, took a shot to the eye against Toronto back on opening night. He's already missed three games, so this will be four in a row. Uh, I, I thought this would maybe be like a one game thing. You know, they were saying like his eye was basically swollen shut. Uh, typically injuries like this, you know, don't end up being uh, all that severe. And I, I wouldn't call this a severe injury, but I'm, I'm a little surprised uh, that we're going to see him now miss a fourth straight game and kind of without a clear timetable. And to me, not the greatest sign that he's already being ruled out like 36 hours before Friday's game. Not great. No, I mean, there were, there were some indications early in the week that it's possible he'd be out through the weekend. But I do think if you have him in fantasy, uh, I think he'll be fine for week three. I my my guess is that he'll be healthy for that and he'll he'll come back. Um Donovan Mitchell's been killing it in the meantime, man, like 33% usage rate, mm-hmm. 29, 7, and 5 with two steals. He looks amazing right now. He's been incredible. Uh that's like re- literally the reason you have Donovan Mitchell, right? Is if, if Darius Garland, if he isn't playing well, if he's just off for a night or he's not in the lineup. Uh, you know, going from Karis Levert to Donovan Mitchell in that spot is a huge, huge upgrade. And uh, we'll talk in a little bit about some guys you know you might want to be dropping already from your roster. Uh, I put together a list to, to publish on our site and went up on Yahoo as well. And Karis Levert was on that list, and like he's just something has happened with him. Like I mean, he was a, a really, really legit looking player uh, two years ago. You know, kind of when he he transitioned from the Nets to the Pacers. I mean, he was twenty five and five with a steal and a half, good percentages in 2020, 21. And there was some major regression last season. And yet again, I mean, just off to a really, really slow start. It's only four games. You don't want to overreact, but 11 points per game in 34 minutes. It's like, if you had any hope for Karis LeVert, uh, Darius Garland going out like this, giving him this opportunity right away, this would be the time that he'd be hitting the ground running. And really the only thing he's had going for him is he's averaging 6.3 assists per game. But other than that, it's kind of been a train wreck. You said it. This was supposed to be his moment to to come through and be like the secondary playmaker uh, on Cleveland. Yeah, 19% usage rate, can't hit a shot. Um, I don't even think he makes sense in the starting lineup for them. He should be a six-man, but even obviously in that role, I don't think he's going to be great at this. I mean, Seggy Osmond just looks better than him right now. <laughs> it's not, I don't even no, know if it's sure. a discussion. I, I think if you're just looking for pure offense, yeah. I mean, I would, I know Isaac Okoro is Isaac Okoro, but like, I, I kind of like him as the fifth starter because you, you, you don't need another scorer in this lineup, especially when Garland's healthy. No, and Osmond, Osmond has like such, he's been on this team forever and he's always someone who, you know, which is, 
which is weird to say, like when other guys have gone out around him, Sunny Osman has stepped up. We know this to be true. Uh, so yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm picking. I'm picturing like those, that shirt that you see. It's like I'm not the stepfather. I'm the father who stepped up. Like, there's got to be some. There's got to be some version of that for Jenny Osmond. I mean, that's what that's what he's been for the past four or five years, man. Oh my god. Um, it's funny how long he's he's hung around because it, it felt like he was a fringe roster guy in like 2018, and now here we are. Here we are. He's stepping up. Um, yeah. I mean, other other than that, for the Cavs, you know, it's it's kind of been same old. I think people were expecting a little bit more out of Everton Mobley. Um, but his upside remains pretty low, like as a rebounder and a shot blocker next to Allen. And, but I, honestly, the thing that's encouraging me the most is Evan Mobley shooting 83% from the free throw line on four and a half attempts a game. You know, so in those moments where Jared Allen goes out and Mobley gets more volume or even just going forward, like dynasty league wise, that's, mm-hmm. that was the biggest thing for Mobley is can he turn into a, at least a better free throw shooter and then maybe a three point shooter, three pointers yeah. not really happening right now, but the free throws is a good thing. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about Mobley. To me, it kind of feels like he's been off to a slow start. Uh, the rebounding numbers haven't been great, but uh, defensively, you know, he's got uh, at least one block and one steal in every game uh, that, that over the course of, you know, a full season, that really adds up. Uh, and like you said, the free throws, that is by far uh, the biggest thing we were watching with him. Kind of, I feel like it wasn't talked about last year that he was pretty bad at the line. I mean, 66%, yeah. that's not good. Uh, for anyone and it, he has a smooth stroke so it's he's not one of those guys that you wouldn't expect to be able to fix it and you know uh, we're going to keep saying this it's only four games but 83 percent thus far pretty good volume he's getting to the line almost five times per game nba top shot is the officially licensed digital collectible of the nba connect with a passionate community of nba fans across the globe and build your collection with your favorite moments from nba history Top Shot's 24-7 peer-to-peer marketplace makes it easy to find all your favorite players and teams. Once you find a play you've been looking for, you could buy it in a couple of clicks and add it to your collection. Now, I hear all the time, why would I buy something I could watch on YouTube for free? I tell those people it's not about watching the highlights. It's about having ownership of the NBA's greatest moments. Owning NBA Top Shot moments could get you access to unbuyable, once-in-a-lifetime experiences like hanging out with Detroit Pistons rising star Kate Cunningham or getting an all-expense-paid trip to the NBA Finals and the NBA Draft. Sign up for NBA Top Shot today and kickstart your collection with a starter pack where you could pull a moment of a superstar like Kevin Durant or Steph Curry or rising sophomores like Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley for just $9. Head over to about.nbatopshot.com slash rotowire to get in the game. That's about.nbatopshot.com slash rotowire. The NBA is back. On behalf of Vivid Seats, let's get one thing clear. Nothing beats seeing your favorite team beat every other team live and in person to the sound of thousands of screaming fans. Vivid Seats believes that real fans deserve to be rewarded and that you deserve a ticketing platform that not only makes it easy to find great deals, but also rewards you all season long. Vivid Seats is the only ticketing company where you can earn rewards with every purchase. No one else has that. They even have a 100% buyer guarantee that your ticket will be as legit as your love for the game. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today and use our promo code ROTOWIRE for $10 off your first purchase of at least $100. Again, that promo code is ROTOWIRE, R-O-T-O-W-I-R-E for $10 off your first $100 ticket purchase. 
Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Other injury news, LaMelo Ball, uh, still kind of game to game at this point. Uh, did not play Wednesday against the Hawks. Uh, they have a back-to-back coming up Friday at Orlando, Saturday home for the Warriors. Could be one of those games. Uh, I know he was warming up before one of their recent games this week, so it looked good to me. I mean, wasn't wasn't favoring that ankle. Obviously, that they're not going to rush him back. Um, if he doesn't play this weekend, I would think maybe Monday against Sacramento. Uh, then they head out on, on a road trip Wednesday in Chicago. But I, I would imagine we'll see LaMelo within the next calendar week. I think so, yeah. Um, I'm looking at these Charlotte guys who have stepped up in uh, LaMelo's absence. Do you want to guess how many total assists Kelly Oubre has in four games? Oh, man, this this is like the white side question from earlier this week. In four games, mm-hmm. I, I, it's a leading question, of course, so the answer is not going to be like 35. I will say three. Two. Um, <laughs> yeah, Kelly Oubre loves it. I've never actually seen him pass the basketball. It's, no. it's incredible. Uh, but yeah, we. I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. is the 45th ranked player in fantasy right now. Not a, I didn't even think I'd say Dennis Smith Jr.'s name ever again. Uh, out loud, and yet here he is playing pretty well with Rozier and LaMelo out. But once those guys come back, I think he's going to kind of, again, fade back into um, obscurity. And, like, and I think if you're looking at picking up some of these guys, you know, in waivers this weekend, Jalen McDaniels is someone who I assume is pretty available. Yeah. Um, Rozier, LaMelo are out, and oh, uh, Cody Martin is as well, or is it Caleb Martin? I always get them confused, which one is which uh, one? I believe they have Cody. Um, yes, yes, they have Cody Martin. It's Cody Martin is also out. And so I think when he comes back, it's kind of hard to determine what happens with Tony Smith Jr. and Jalen McDaniels minutes, even Kelly Oubre to an extent. Um, so just know the situation before you get yourself into something. Yeah. I think McDaniels to me is one of those guys who who could be kind of fantasy bait where things have just kind of worked out for him early on. Like Cody Martin literally got hurt one minute into the season. So it's been hard to get a real gauge on this rotation. And and obviously we haven't seen LaMelo yet, but four straight games with a block for McDaniels. The rebounding has been consistent, uh, you know, lower end assists, but he has multiple assists in every game so far. So that's a good call by you. Uh, DeLon Wright is injured. This is, this is Mm -hmm. not huge news, but uh, it did get its own Woj report. Uh, So (laughs) apparently it's big enough news. I don't know. I don't know what agency DeLon Wright is with. We'll have to look into that. Um, You made an interesting point though, that, this could maybe open the door for Johnny Davis to finally uh, see an NBA court. It could. I don't think it will. Uh, yeah. I mean, he might, he might get on the court, I, but the he problem is night. I didn't even notice this. He played on Tuesday, three minutes in garbage time against Detroit. So I stand corrected. I will say our most recent note on Rotowire about Johnny Davis is potential move to G league. Uh, but the yeah. DeLon Wright injury may change that. I, Honestly, though, I, I do feel like this is probably just more minutes for Monte Morris because he was basically splitting time with DeLon Wright. Yep. And I assume more minutes for Will Barton, who's seeing about 26 minutes a game right now. Um, you know, you give him 30, you give Monte Morris 30, and then we maybe slide Avdia up and give Johnny Davis like five or something and see what happens. Um, you know, I don't think this is like, this isn't huge news for fantasy. I don't know how much of this is actually actionable i will i mean we'll find out before waivers this weekend i i think if will barton's floating around on your waiver wire that's something to look into uh but the lot right only had a 14 percent usage rate was playing 20 minutes a game so i don't think a ton is really going to happen here no i'm just interested in if 
they do force Davis into the rotation. And, you know, the other thing that I think looks really bad for Davis is Corey Kispert has not been available as well. He's been dealing with that ankle injury. So that's, that's another guy that presumably, you know, will be ahead of him in the rotation when he's healthy. I, the thing with DeLon, right. It's like, yeah, it doesn't have big fantasy ramifications. That, that dude is averaging like almost three steals a game so far. Mm-hmm. And he's averaged at least one steal going all the way back to 2016, 17. So I, I don't know. Every year I, I always find myself, you know, kind of stiffing around on the waiver wire. It's like, if you do, if you, if you're literally just targeting steals and you're okay with uh, not getting much else, he's always going to be in the mix. Like no matter how many minutes he plays, no matter which team he's on, he's been on seven teams in the last like four years. Um, he always finds his way into averaging like 1.2 steals. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Any other news that I'm that I'm missing? Uh, I mean, Kawhi was sent home from the Clippers road trip. Uh, Terrible yeah. sign. I, I continue to make really sad, uh, you know, trade proposals did, for him in stake league. I, did you mention Ingram? I don't think we talked about no, Ingram. We did right? not. He's Ingram. Yeah, concussion protocol uh, ruled out for the next three games already. Um, so I, this one looked like it might just be like a one game thing. It wasn't clear if he even suffered a concussion right away, but uh, likely going to end up costing Brandon Ingram at least four total games. Yeah, it's a it's a tough break, but as we talked about, was that on the XM show that we talked about how deep the Pelicans roster is? Yeah, that was on the uh, on the XM show last night. Yeah, I mean, I I like them as a dark horse like Western Conference Finals team. I think if you you know if you if you made that bet before the season, I think you you're getting pretty good value on that already. They've I, I really liked how they looked. Um, you know they they've like Larry Nance has stepped into more minutes. Najee Marshall has stepped into more minutes. Um, Dyson Daniels has played a little bit. Trey Murphy uh, has looked really good, but um, yeah, this is just a tough blow if you have Ingram on your team. I don't, I don't know if it's, I don't know how much there is to really do, like on the waiver wire, for example. Yeah, I think you just got to wait it out. It's a bad break, but it's not, you know, it's a concussion. So you know, unless this is something much more serious than we're anticipating, uh, you know, should be a situation where you're probably, you're probably holding him out next week. Uh, I mean, he's going to miss Friday's game. He's going to miss Sunday's game. 
and then he's going to miss Wednesday's game and that that finishes off a road trip. So, you know, that's it's it's not necessarily um, I, I don't think uh, like an indication of where he's at health wise. It's more like we just don't want him to travel um, and we'll hopefully get him back in the lineups. That would be Friday. Uh, they play home against the Warriors. So if you're really in a pinch, you know, I, I guess you could start him and assume he comes back Friday, but he's only getting two games. Um, you know, chances are you could just find a one week patch there, but uh, shouldn't really be something that hampers him long term. And he was off to a really good start. Um, you know, playing alongside Zion, I kind of wondered what that dynamic would be uh, when Zion was healthy two years ago. Ingram's numbers, you know, took a noticeable downturn, but he's looked pretty good. He has looked pretty good. He's still got a 30% usage rate. And, you know, I think, I mean, some of it too, I mean, he's shooting 58% for the field right now. That's not real. But again, it's it, at this early in the season, you're mostly looking at like usage, shy attempts, even assists. And in that respect, Ingram is, he's doing just fine. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Um, all right, let's talk about the players to potentially drop. And, you know, a lot of these guys, I was perusing the transactions page on Yahoo. Uh, a lot of them are, are already on the decline and for good reason. Uh, but I tried to mix in some other names, you know, who are kind of floating around, you know, still rostered in 50, 60, 70% of leagues. Uh, Mo Bamba, I, I think, you know, a lot of people dropped him after week one. He, he's still still rostered, I think, in like 20 or 30% of leagues. He was, he was started in 23% of leagues oh, this boy. week. Uh, that's not good. I, I, I pity anyone who did that. I uh, I just don't really think you could justify holding him at this point. I, I would not be surprised if at some point you're picking him back up because, you know, there's an injury or, or some sort of rotation change. But as of right now, like bowl bowl is the, the backup big man to own in Orlando. He a hundred percent. He is um 110th ranked fantasy player, by the way, bowl bowl. It's funny you, you mentioned this because just today I was going through and, and changing or adjusting, I should say all of our, minutes projections for Orlando and I'm you know they have a lot of guys out right now right so Bamba's barely playing and you know not all these guys are super relevant to to Bamba's minutes but Jonathan Isaac hasn't played Cole Anthony's been out Markel Fultz hasn't played Gary Harris hasn't played Jalen Suggs is out right now and Mo Wagner has not played um so like they're going to have to find minutes for all of these guys and Bamba's barely playing. And they honestly don't seem committed to him organizationally because they didn't even really seem like they wanted to offer him a contract this off season and just kind of dig it out of pity. I don't, I don't really know. Um, so yeah, if you have him, just please drop him. Yeah. The contract thing, I think kind of misled us a little bit into thinking that he was a bigger part of their future, but uh, I, I think, you know, he, if any team is out there wanting Mo Bamba, I think he could probably be had via trade. He looks like he's the odd man out. Uh, and part of it is Big Carroll just looking as good as he has. You know, I mean, he's essentially taken his spot in the starting lineup. That was always expected. But, I mean, Big Carroll has been so good that he pretty much has to be like a 35-plus minute per night guy as long as he's healthy. Yeah, and everything Big is doing, to me, looks sustainable. So yeah. uh, there's no reason to assume that's going to come to an end anytime soon. Yeah, I, I watched the you know the condensed highlights of that game last night. He is so so smooth. It, I mean, scores in a variety of ways. You know, super comfortable on the perimeter, comfortable in the mid range. Uh, has a great spin move on the inside. Finishes with both hands. I mean, I've, we're going to end up gushing about him. I, I feel like on every pod going forward. Uh, already talked about Karis Levert. He's on the list. Uh, you know, he's he's somebody who I think his name exceeds his fantasy value at this point. So it might be a little bit harder to justify dropping him. But you just got to look at the numbers and you got to tell yourself that. Darius Garland is coming back within a few games and it's not going to get any better. What do you think about Brandon Clark 
uh, for the Grizzlies. And I, I wrote it, wrote this in the column. Like, this is a tough one for me personally because I grabbed him in a ton of leagues. His ADP in Yahoo was 102.2. Uh, so it was, you know, being drafted in, in pretty much every league. This is not a guy you were just like taking, you know, in the 140s with your final pick. Uh, I really thought he would open the year as the starter. I thought at worst he would play a big role off the bench. And for now, they really seem to be favoring Santi Aldama. And Jared Jackson's basically playing the same minutes as guys like David Roddy and, and Jake LaRavia. Aldama, they really like Aldama, who's he's played at least 30 minutes in three of the four games. Um, yeah, man, I. I don't think it's happening for Clark. I, again, he's for his whole career, he's been a great per minute guy, all that stuff. It's just he doesn't, he's kind of between positions. He doesn't necessarily excel at anything. And I, when Jaron Jackson comes back, it's like, why, why would Brandon Clark be playing minutes over Aldama? Um, you know, because Aldama can play backup center, obviously, he can play power forward. He's playing power forward right now. And I don't want to go as far as to say Clark is going to be out of the rotation because they, they're still giving minutes to like LaRavia and, and stuff like that. Like there are guys they can scale back from, but we also need to keep in mind, Dylan Brooks has also barely played. That's another forward who's, who's looking for minutes. So I think it, yeah, like you mentioned, like it's hard to drop Clark if you invested like a 90th overall pick in him, but I think you just have to do it. The writing is on the wall. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's it's another guy who it's like the situation's not going to get any better, man. And if, if you can, if you're playing like 15 minutes a game right now, uh, how's it going to look later in the season when when Jackson's back? And that's a good point on Dylan Brooks. But he's another guy like Baba signed an extension this off season. Like all indications are that yeah. they want him to be a part of this core going forward. But uh, weird rotation in Memphis, that's for sure. Which, by the way, the Grizzlies uh, sneakily the worst defensive team in the league so far. Interesting. I, I, have, I haven't checked the talk on the, like, best offenses and defenses so far. I've looked at, like, some of the lineup stuff. Like, you know, the, the Pistons lineup yeah. was the worst starting five in the NBA for a bit there. You um, don't say. That can't be. No, right now it's Orlando's, actually, of all teams that have played 100 possessions. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's not great. Yeah. For the most part, the numbers check out. It's like, you know, Memphis is playing these games in, like, the 130s and the 120s. Uh, the Nets are the second-worst defense the Celtics are somehow the third worst defense, you know, a little bit of noise in that sample. Uh, you're never going to believe who has the worst offense by a mile. It's the LA Lakers. Their offensive rating actually went down. After <laughs> they last were game. Dan's Russell Man, Westbrook. They, they were hard to watch last night, dude. It's, I don't think people were prepared for this in general. We were, we were prepared. We've been on this for a while. I was personally prepared for this, but I, I really think they are going to end up handing a top five pick to the Pelicans like LeBron's, the end of LeBron's career is going to be really messy. And I, I really think it's going to end up negatively impacting his legacy for a lot of people. Not for me necessarily, but um, it's going to get bad. It's, this is going to be, he's had some rough years, you know, whether it's in Cleveland or, you know, the last finals in Miami uh, last year, for example, but uh, this is going to be really, really, really bad. Uh, barring some sort of miracle trade. I was, I was watching that Nuggets Lakers game and Christian Brown was having himself a game. He looks pretty good yeah. actually. He was really good. He'd been playing like 30 minutes a game for the Lakers. Yeah. I there I, I was following <laughs> some people on Twitter last night who were saying like he would easily be the Lakers third best player. And <laughs> I mean, you, every game they play, there's somebody like that, some random role player. Uh, but yeah, Brown, Brown, Christian Brown has looked very good. Glad to see he's in the rotation uh, right away for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Cole Anthony to me might be a drop. He's, he's injured. So that's a big part of it. But uh, another guy who's benefiting from some injuries early on. Yeah, like I mentioned, Suggs, Fultz, those guys are coming back sooner than later. And 
Um, I think they're more organizationally committed to Suggs. Fultz is a little, he's kind of a wild card. I can't really figure out what Orlando's plan is with Fultz. They signed him a while ago, but uh, yeah, that's going to be a really messy backcourt rotation in, in Orlando. Yeah. And the thing with Anthony too, is he, even when he's out there and he's playing a lot of minutes, he's like barely a 40% shooter from the field. He's always going to kill you there. Um, if you're in certain formats, he could be a lot more valuable, but uh, kind of looks like it's going to be the same story with him either way. And yeah, Orlando, gotta get, we might see Bull Bull at point guard for a couple games here uh, <laughs> until Fultz and Suggs are back. Because what, their top three point guards are now out. You never know. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr., you mentioned him briefly. I have him as a potential drop. I, I think it's a little counterintuitive. You know, he's averaging two and a half steals. He's throwing up a bunch of assists. I just think you you don't want to be caught, you know, with him in your lineup on the week that LaMelo comes back because yeah. I think his numbers are going to end up falling off a cliff. I, I do think he's played well enough. And this is like a weird enough roster that he's still going to have a role once LaMelo is back, but I, I just don't see him being fantasy viable. No, I, I agree with your, your analysis there. Like drop him. Don't get caught holding the bag and drop him yep. before those guys comes back. And then you can like, you don't even have to pick up someone who you think has like this amazing long-term upside. Just pick, Pick up someone on a four-game week and throw them in your lineup. Yeah, and I mean, if you if you have room to hold Dennis Smith, if you're if you're really a believer for some reason, you know, if this goes all the way back to that draft, uh, and you, maybe you think Lamelo's going to get hurt or get shut down, whatever, uh, I don't have a problem with that. Like he has been really good. I, I'm not saying this is like fool's gold necessarily. I just I just think what his role is going to be uh, once Lamelo comes back, it's not going to be ideal. Chris Duarte in Indiana. Uh, not many people still holding him. His roster percentage like plummeted after week one. Uh, he was not benched for Ben Matherin. He was benched for Aaron Neesmith. <laughs> not a good sign. Benched for Aaron Neesmith. Andrew Nemhard is basically playing over him at times. Um, it, he's done, man. I, I, it's just, if you can't, if you're taking six, seven, eight shots a game on this team, like, what is your future in the league? I, I don't get it. So drop yeah. him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Drop, gee, that, we'll just leave it at that. Drop Chris Duarte, which is great. Like this time last year, we were probably on the pod saying like, grab Chris Duarte everywhere you can. Yes. <laughs> uh, he, he had what? Like he had a good like week and a half. And he, did. he had a great week and a half. Yeah. Uh, all right. I got a, a few big men to end the article. Uh, Al Horford. I, I'm, I'm iffy on this one because, you know, he's been really good the last few years. One of those guys who always plays more games than you think, always finds a way to finish in like the top 80. Uh, but the numbers have, have kind of fallen off, especially when you compare him to the first few weeks of last year when he got off to a super hot start. Uh, he has said that he's not going to sit out back-to-backs. That's, I guess, a good sign. Uh, obviously, Robert Williams is hurt, so they need him. But uh, the numbers have not looked great for Al Horford. So uh, maybe someone that you maybe you just want to move to the bench instead of drop. But I think in some leagues, uh, shallower leagues especially, you could do a lot better uh, than rostering him at this point. No, I, I think this is a good call, even with Robert Williams out. I just, it's, you know, I'm looking at his usage rate. Last year was 15%. This year it's 12. That's not good. I think it's the, you know, the addition of Malcolm Brogdon, I think is actually taking a lot of touches away from Horford. Uh, Cause they leaned on him a lot last year as this sort of, you know, um, top of the key playmakers guy who can do something from the elbow, stuff like that. And I just think they don't, they don't really need him like that anymore. You know, they just need him to to grab some boards, play defense at the rim. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'd be completely fine with someone dropping Horford. I mean, I think he's a good stream, you know, on a four-game week if he really is not going to stick out back-to-backs. 
if you're in a 16 teamer, I think I'd hang on to him for that reason, if no other. But yeah, if you're in a 12 teamer, there's you can probably just stream the spot and do better. Uh, yeah, Montrez Harrell, I have on the list, just a, a terrible call by me. I grabbed him as like my last pick or my last buy in a ton of leagues. And I, I will maintain that at some point this season, he will have a run where everybody's picking him up. Last year, it was at the beginning of the year. Maybe this year, it'll be later on. Um, but he's like barely playing off the Sixers bench right now. They're struggling. I, I don't really see him as, as the solution by any means. So to me, he's just a guy that you, you wait it out. And if Joel Embiid gets hurt, you grab him immediately. If not, uh, probably not going to have a huge impact. Well, I mean, Paul Reed is kind of getting minutes over him now. So yeah, who, between, the, between those two, who do you even grab? But you're right. It's like, yes, this team is not doing well. A lot of this is just like they they play lazy basketball. No one cuts hard. Uh, but yes, if you're thinking, if you're trying to game it out, you're thinking, who is the solution to this problem? It's not Montrez Harrell. It's going to be either like De'Anthony Melton or... <laughs> That's it. <laughs> or or everyone else has to just remember like to play basketball like they really want to win. Jalen Duran of the Pistons made the oh. list. Uh yeah. Yeah. He's 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 being dropped in a lot of leagues. He showed up on the transactions page, kind of got the gears spinning for me a little bit. Uh had that great opening night. Uh he was like a $30 uh acquisition in Fab and in, in our stake league. Um, you know, 14, 10, and three on opening night, follows it up with eight points, 10 rebounds in their second game against the Knicks. The rebounds have still been there, no matter what. The, like, all five games that he's played, with, with one exception, uh, he's had at least eight rebounds. Um, you know, He's got six total blocks through five games, although half of those did come in one game. I, I, I think what he's doing right now is sustainable, but I, I just don't know that what he's doing is really all that great. You know, Eight points, eight rebounds, 1.2 blocks. Uh, disastrous at the free throw line. He's, he's one of eight on the season. I mean, as of now, the volume... Uh, isn't really killing you, but as the year goes on, you know, that, that all adds up. He's also not getting any assists. He's not getting any steals. Um, so I guess, you know, if you need rebounds, that's great. You know, if you're, if you're hunting for, for some blocks, you know, especially in deeper leagues, go for it. But um, I, I don't know. I think we may have jumped the gun on this one based on one game. I, you're right. He's, I think he is just a streamer right now. There's a couple of reasons for it. You mentioned a lot of it. You know, the lack of peripheral stats, a terrible free throw shooting, He's ranked 204th right now, and per 36 minutes, he's ranked 77th in fantasy. So really, what's the upside? Um, obviously, this is a really small sample. Also, Marvin Bagley's been out. You figure they're going to give him 20 minutes a game. I, I don't really know what's going on with Noel. I, I, you know, I don't even know if that's worth thinking about. But yeah, I mean, I think there's a situation where Duran, sooner than later, is seeing more like 16, 17 minutes a game than 20, 23 minutes a game. Yeah. And for someone like that with pretty small margins, uh, that does matter. You know, like the, the five extra minutes, you know, that, that might be three more rebounds or, or, you know, the difference between one and two blocks. So uh, certainly something to monitor. Uh, Isaiah Hardenstein is the final name on my list. And uh, I'll let you take it from here. Cause I know you were, you've been more uh, in tune with him than I have. First of all, this is blasphemous of you uh, to suggest that Hartenstein is, is a drop. No, he, um, he, for the he clicks. yeah, 18 and 16 minutes in his past two games. Um, you know, I, I started him in our 16 teamer on a four game week. I think like that's the spot for him. If you're in a 16 teamer, he's on a four game week. You can put him in your starting lineup, but if you're in a 12 teamer, it's tough. He, I mean, listen in, in 24 minutes a game, he's still ranked 121st. He's the 21st best fantasy player per 36 minutes. 
Like it's just a matter of like Mitchell Robinson has looked pretty good the past few games. Has stayed out of foul trouble. A couple of those games were going to overtime. Um, you know, I mean, Robinson, again, the thing with Hartenstein has been either you think that he might be kind of sneaky better than Robinson and that Thibodeau will realize that or that Robinson's foul trouble and injury history will continue to crop up. But you're right. And a 12-teamer, there's no reason for it. You can stream up. If you're in a deeper league like Al Horford, keep him. Yeah. Yeah, for me, and this is what I wrote in the write-up, it's more about Robinson. Uh, you know, Hardenstein's been fine, but you know, the last few years, we've been begging for Mitchell Robinson to finally play like 30 to 33 minutes a game, and we might be seeing that now. He played 37 minutes the other night. Like That almost never happened the last couple of years. And on top of that, Robinson's been fantastic. He's blocking a ton of shots. He's rebounding. He's kind of He's got multiple blocks in all four games so far. Um, so it's not necessarily that Hartenstein is is like not playing well. It's just that Robinson is playing so well uh, that he's ended up keeping him off the court. Do you have any other guys who you've been dropping uh, across leagues? Uh, I've been dropping. I mean, I, you know, I, I mean, I picked up Nick Richards. I'm, that's a hold for me in a 16 teamer. Um, but other than that, I mean, I don't, I don't think I find myself dropping, um, like a lot of guys consistently, I got to find a way to get rid of Caruso. Um, who, I mean, his steals and blocks numbers are still pretty good. It's just, he's been shooting terrible. Um, I don't know. How about you? Well, Caruso is like your version of Montrez Harrell. Uh, right. You know, the guys, <laughs> really the guys is. who we thought were like, you know, we're like pulling one over on everybody. Can't believe you let us get that with the last pick uh, immediate cut. Uh, no, I mean, a, a lot of the guys who I put on this list are players that uh, I've been trying to shed in league. So there's, there's some, uh, you know, kind of self-reflection going on here. I have Harold and Baba in one league. Oh, wow. I, I unsuccessfully was able to, to find a transaction for them this past week. Um, you know, somebody, I, I have Joe Harris in a couple leagues oh. and I don't, I just don't know what to do with him because a couple years ago he was super productive. You know, he's kind of among the league leaders in, in three point shooting, both, both in efficiency and volume. I mean, he was a 47% free throw or three point shooter in, in like essentially back-to-back years had a 43% year sandwiched in there as well. He was making two and a half to three, three pointers per game. And I, I, I just don't know if he's ever going to get back to that level. I think the nets desperately need him, which is kind of why I want to hold on to him. Like, I, I think he would make a ton of sense. I think once he's healthy, he's going to play a lot of minutes, but you know, we're already seeing him being load managed. Um, and obviously he didn't make it through last season, only played 14 games. So I just, I, I don't know if the dependability is going to be there. I watched the game recap of of Memphis um Brooklyn the other night and I watched the the whole Bucks Nets game last night and I just yeah. did not feel Joe Harris's presence out there. Like there were a couple of times right. where you know they he got left open and I was like, "Oh, it's Joe Harris open." But it didn't he didn't really feel like he was impacting the game too much and yeah, I mean I don't even know if you hang on to him in like a deeper league. It's just what's what's the upside? Yeah, I mean the upside, I guess, is he he stays healthy and you know ends up being a, a key piece for a team that is starting two guys right now who are complete non-shooters. Um, I mean, last night I don't I don't know if you if you were watching at the time when the game audio actually picked it up. Like Kyrie uh, drove in and had a nice pass to Ben Simmons who was like one foot away from the rim and didn't even look at the rim. Like literally did turn the <laughs> other way and pass the ball out. And you could say you could hear Kyrie say, "Damn it, shoot it, Ben." And I, I mean, like. <laughs> Nick Claxton obviously isn't, isn't banging threes either. Like they need, they desperately need Joe Harris. Like Patty Mills feels like he might've really fallen off this year. Like the Nets, the Lakers or the Nets, I should say are lucky that the Lakers exist because 
nobody's talking about how how bad this Nets team looks right now. Like they just KD looks great. You know, Kyrie's been a little up and down, but they don't really seem to have much of a pulse. Yeah, I think part of the problem is Nash feels like he can't not play Claxton. Yeah. Um, because Claxton has looked pretty good. And even Dayron Sharp has had his moments. <laughs> and then you you're comparing that with Ben Simmons, who again, I saw some nice defensive stuff from him. He makes good passes, but he's averaging like five points a game right now. And he's following a ton. Like he, he just doesn't look right to me. Not that we expected anything different. No, I also didn't necessarily expect like Royce O'Neal to be better than him. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's not good. Um, And I I wanted to bring up Michael Porter jr. Quickly, by the way, who uh, they're saying it was rest. You know, he didn't play last night against the Lakers. I was watching two games ago. Who did they, I think they played Portland. I thought he looked really stiff. Like early on, he was doing his usual, just like every time he touches the ball, it's going up. But in the second half of that game, like he wasn't, he wasn't reaching at his back or anything, but he just looked like noticeably stiffer. So like something to monitor. I mean, obviously you know, we're all aware of what's going on with his back, but uh, wouldn't be shocked if, you know, this becomes a little bit more routine as far as managing that. I might be a little biased because I think he's always looked like that. And, you know, the only Nuggets game I've seen this year was the last one against the Lakers where he didn't play. So I can't speak on that a ton. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's what you worry about if you drafted him, right? I mean, I think if you drafted him expecting more than 60 games, that was just not right. All right, well, we'll end on this. Uh, somebody who I targeted in a bunch of leagues was JaVale McGee once we knew that he'd be starting. And my argument all along was like, hey, if this guy just plays like 18 minutes a game, He'll get you one block. He'll get you a bunch of rebounds and you don't really care about anything else. He's, he's your last starter. You know, if, if you're in a league with two centers, maybe you just throw him out there certain weeks. It hasn't been good. He has, he does have a block in every game so far. So that part is paying off, but he's only playing like 12, 13 minutes in these games. Like they're very quickly turning things over to Christian Wood. I, I don't really understand why they're even bothering starting McGee at this point. Like to you, is, is he a drop? He's a drop. I mean, they also really yeah. like Maxi Kleber. You know, he's in there. I mean, I don't, th- I don't even know if Dwight Powell's played this year, but he's also an option. I just, when I've seen the Mavericks, it's just, I don't really see McGee. Like, like yeah, like you mentioned, you know, he has his, he plays his 15 minutes. He has like one or two games, uh, one or two plays a game where you're like, wow, like look at McGee out there. And then the rest of it's just nothing. So yeah, I think you drop him. Yeah. Yeah. I, tail between my legs. I think I'm going to have to go pretty deep in, in my NFFC league uh, to get rid of him. Like the, the rosters are so rigid there. Like I've, I've kind of been forced to start him against my will the last couple of weeks, um, you know, because there, there's just so few guys, there's like no guards who also qualify at forward. Uh, there's Literally, some forwards that yeah. also quite qualify at center, but like I'm having, I'm having a whale of a time trying to get Josh Hart in my lineup. Cause he's only guard <laughs> eligible. Yeah. That is a, that's a league that if you're going to do it, you have to, you, if you don't know that going into it, you can get in a bad position pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, and I knew it. I walked right into it. Uh, just I, I thought I thought JaVale McGee would be better, and I wouldn't have to drop him, and it wouldn't be a problem. But uh, yeah, like I'm already now looking. It's like, do I put in a waiver claim for Jetty Osmond? Do I put in a waiver claim for Larry Nance? Uh, it's pretty bleak in the in those more competitive, deeper leagues. That is very bleak. All right, man. I said we'll try to keep it short. We'll do that. Should be about 40 minutes, uh, significantly shorter than our normal episodes where we we always aim for 40 minutes and end up going double that. Uh, but good chat with you. As always, you'll be back uh, tomorrow wrapping everything up. Uh, that Part of that will be end up on YouTube as well with Ken and Shannon. So uh, if you're listening here, uh, make sure you check out our video content as well. Uh, but that'll do it for tonight and looking forward to, to breaking down tonight's slate.